0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to VUX World, the practical voice podcast. This week we've got three, in fact actually not four podcasts coming your way, three of which were from Project Voice where we were a few weeks back now. It's a little bit late in getting them out but it's been absolutely mental. Uh, and another one recorded by Dustin giving you an overview of Twilio so check that out if you haven't done already. Before we crack on with today's episode which is featuring in Advar Levin of Pretzel Labs and we're discussing persona design and working with voice talent and why personas are so important to create when you're designing a voice experience and how you go about doing that as well. But before that, I'd like to say thank you to ReadSpeaker for sponsoring VUX World throughout the whole of February. If you haven't checked out ReadSpeaker, they are a pioneering voice technology company. If you're at Project Voice, you'd have noticed that they had a booth there. I mean, they've been working in text to speech for over 20 years. I mean, they've been building text to speech voices, they've got in-house expertise in AI and deep neural networks. They're working with some of the world's biggest brands in creating custom text to speech applications. In 1999, they created the first text to speech application that speech enabled websites and now they provide all kinds of text to speech and speech solutions so it doesn't matter whether or not you're looking for a custom voice for your IVR system, any conversational system, voice assistants, cars, automotives, robotics, public service announcement systems, learning platforms, websites, anywhere where you need to have a voice essentially, Uh, ReadSpeaker have you covered. They've got over 30 languages supported as well, which is impressive. I don't even know if Google's got 30 languages at the moment and they've got 90 voices to choose from, which are all built in house and they're constantly adding to it as well. So if you are in the market for some text speech technology, check out ReadSpeaker. You'll find all the details in the show notes or on the web page if you're on the website. Thank you again, ReadSpeaker, for sponsoring February on VUX World. Now, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's crack on with the first recording that we took at Project Voice with Advar Levin on VUX World. VUX World. VUX World. VUX World. VUX World. Branding with the big faces. I love listening to it. Kane Sims. Kane Sims. Kane Sims, the one and only. Britain's finest, Mr. Kane Sims, Dustin. Dustin! Dustin Coates. I like it when you guys are together and talking about voice without further ado. Welcome to the show. Well, here we are. Out Project Voice, Adva Levin. Thank you for joining me.
1: Uh thanks Kane. Pleasure to be here.
0: Yes, it's been a long time coming this long time coming uh, so for the few that might not know advar levin who are you what do you do what's pretzel labs all about
1: all right so um i am the founder and ceo of a studio called petal apps um, where we do voice experiences for kids um, on alexa google we have um, kids court which won a bunch of awards um freeze dancers musical statues out the door and a few other skills
0: cool and you also do uh, you do work on behalf of Pretzel Labs, with clients as well, dear.
1: Exactly. Yeah, we do branded um, content for brands that want to get um, things that are similar to what we do, like uh, games or creative experiences. Cool. In the kids and family section.
0: And so most not most but a lot of what you've done has been uh very much the skills you've created have been very much kind of centered on engagement and and entertainment and stuff like that and i remember when we met in munich you were talking very much about personality and persona and creating that kind of persona within within those voice experiences which we can get a little bit into but where did that come from where did your kind of um your 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 talent and your kind of passion for that kind of persona design come from? Can you remember the first time that you thought this is actually really important?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I studied creative writing and screenwriting um, among other things. But um, as a writer, you know, I, we always think about screen, like a dialogue writing, writing a character. And you see how dialogue is um, something that is so important to create like feelings. Mm and when the first time I got an Alexa device I was just like deeply fascinated by how you know it doesn't have a face it's just like a little black round speaker on your living room Um, and yet people are forming really emotional connections to it and you know I talk to people that they take Alexa when they go on holiday. They mm. don't even maybe use her, but they don't like to feel her, alo- like to leave her alone at home.
0: Part of the family.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and I think what really fascinated me um, and motivated me to get into the space is how like people are basically forming new relationships with these devices, and it's not like it's beyond just um, the sort of interaction that you have with a phone. Mm. It's really like part of the family in a Mm. way. Um, And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they have a name and they have a voice and they are not just functional, do this, do that. They Mm. also have a little more personality in them. Mm.
0: So is that why it's so important then to think about the persona design because you're designing something that is part of a, a family interaction?
1: Exactly. And... Even if you're not thinking about it, it's there anyway. Just, it's implied just by having something that speaks. Mm. So if you're not putting any work or thought into that, users are still going to get some feeling of mm. a personality, and it may just not be the one that you were hoping for.
0: <laughs> True. <laughs> so when you're creating something, at what point do you think about the persona? Do you think about it before you start creating something? Do you think about it during? Is it something that emerges? What, what stage do you consider designing a persona? It
1: really depends on what I'm working on. Um, with a lot of like, new skills or voice experiences, uh, we now have like, a process of how we start um, like cracking a brief of like, a new experience. Um, this is actually what I'm talking about in my workshop here today. Mm-hmm. So persona is a major part of that. And I think something that is important to state out is when I say persona, I don't mean that it has to have like a flashy or friendly um, or funny personality, because I think a lot of people, uh, they kind of think if you say it has to have a persona, it equals to it has to have like a sense of humor or say some jokes. So that's not the case. Um, As far as I'm concerned, having a skill that says, you know, turn on the lights and it's like even a totally non-verbal skill, uh, it's maybe just like has a little sound beep or something, mm-hmm. that is your persona design. So maybe the word persona might not even be right.
0: Okay, interesting. So so wh- how would you define that then? So the persona, usually people are, are thinking about persona as the almost like the character of the, yeah. the thing that's speaking, don't they? Exactly. and then obviously with sound design mixed in and sometimes like Alexa's got like the brief mode where it'll just yeah. you know turn the light on it'll just beep rather than confirm to you verbally that it's turned the light on so do you think that since you've been working in it sounds as though that's kind of what you're leading to is that since you've been working within this space you kind of you've evolved the concept of a persona and you know is is, is has it evolved since you kind of started uh,
1: I think, for lack of a better word, I'm using Persona, but what I mean is, like, even in the brief mode, you have to think of what you want to convey to your users and how you want to make them feel. Mm. So you don't want to be chatty. You don't want to have a sense of humor in that moment. Mm-hmm. Just want to, you know, have a sound cue that says, you under, like, you, Alexa, understood what they want, and you're going to do it,
0: right? Okay. So it sounds like it's almost like to approach that in a consistent way you would need some form of what like whether it's a persona or is it like a more of a a brief or an experiential brief that says this is the kind of things that we want the experience to be like
1: or more of a style guide even like this is what I want the experience to be like this is what I want the users to feel and this is the sort of um, way that I will convey that to them Mm.
0: style guide is probably a pretty good way of of summarizing it actually isn't it because yeah. it's a lot more than just the voice that speaks so what about when you are when you're in that kind of creative process how do you go about like do you document this stuff and if you do what kind of things are you thinking about you saying there about you want people to feel a certain way what kind of things are you actually getting down on paper so that it can be shared with the kind of project team to convey the message
1: um, something that I really like to start with, uh, um, there's a few. So start by, if it is a very like verbal skill that is reliant on a character, I would start with, um, sort of casting that character, so mm-hmm. to speak. So do we want um female or male voice what sort of age and what sort of style we want them to talk um even do we want like long or short sentences usually do we want humor mm-hmm. um i go with like what is if i could define that character's personality in one word what that be mm. um so say if you're working on like something in healthcare, maybe you want it to be very empathetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're working in business, you want to convey trust. Mm-hmm. And we start like with that one word. I always put it like I write it very big on my board. Interesting. Um, and then taking it from there, I try to think about maybe like if this was a business, who would you hire like as the customer facing role? Mm. Um, and actually go through like a sort of casting process, okay um, because I think if you have someone in mind, it really makes it easier to write that character mm. and see how they speak in different cases
0: right so you'll so you'll essentially kind of imagine a physical person having physical interactions with with physical characteristics, and then you'd kind of try and embody that within the writing,
1: yeah, um and that does not have to be conveyed to users Mm. Um, it is just something that like we use internally to be able to keep a consistent voice Mm. across like everything in the experience
0: Mm. one of the things that that I caught one of the sessions from Wally Brill uh, from Google and one of the things that he mentioned which would be interesting to get your thoughts on is that when he goes through the process of documenting um, a persona he will never put a face to it and never actually, so everything that we've just spoken about is kind of like in your mind, a character that's in your mind. Do, do you ever go as far as to put a physical face or appearance to the person or not?
1: Um, I haven't, um, mostly because like, we are staying usually in a very audio world, so I think putting a face on this kind of grounds it too much Mm. and the face that I may have in mind is probably not the face that my users will ever see and they will imagine it differently so I don't want to I don't want to keep myself focused on an image um, because I think it it will not just be consistent
0: Mm. it's a little bit like you know when you hear a song and you get a picture in your mind for what that song is like and then you see the music video for the song (laughs) and it just doesn't match what yeah. the song should like, should be like <laughs> yeah. it almost seems a little bit like that
1: exactly and I think it's a challenge for like a lot of times when we start voice only and then we add like a multimodal layer mm. um when we did kids court it was first voice only yeah. and then there was like a very big challenge of how do I describe this graphically what is the visual language of this experience which was yeah. before you know only a voice it wow. was super hard
0: What are your your thoughts on, um, like, avatars and stuff like that? So I've I've seen a few, um, excuse me, I've seen a few multimodal kind of skills where on the graphic it will actually have uh, a character. Mm -hmm. And it's not quite an avatar, it's just a character. But you could kind of, if you fast forward five, ten years, you could imagine that those multimodal experiences may well have a character that is... Active and you can engage with, and it is speaking. What are your thoughts right now on the concept of avatars?
1: I like those. Really? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I think they're great. And uh, once. Okay, so there's a few things that are, though, very different from voice assistants. Um, First of all, if you're working on a voice assistant skill or action, you are usually within someone else's platform, right? Right. So. If I'm doing an Alexa skill, people are talking to Alexa, and then they go into my skill and they talk to something else. Mm. And usually what we do has like a much um, more uh, like smaller, like small defined use case, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, like the persona will not be as heavy as right. Alexa's persona would be. Right. Um, and avatars, I think, um, Problem with them right now, at least, is that if you see a face and a body, um, you are more set up to feel like you're talking to a human, mm-hmm. and your expectations are much higher right. than they would be if you're talking to a smart speaker. Mm. So, like, we're with the avatars, we're more pushed towards like maybe the uncanny valley of right. like, who are you talking to? What can they do? And then I think you will not forgive them as much when they don't understand you, or if they make mistakes. Mm. That's interesting.
0: There was one in the airport, in a uh, Philadelphia airport on the way here. I don't know if you've seen them, but it was a life-like, real human sized mm-hmm. thing yeah. and it was like a, in the shape of a person and it was like a hologram on it and all it, it was just it was a lady and she was just saying you know for such and such stop get off here and then it was almost it felt a bit weird like you know looking at it and seeing it um, but that's just one step away from having a from having a voice interface onto it
1: I almost missed my flight because I ran into one <laughs> and I just had to see what it can do <laughs> um yeah, uh, yeah, but then imagine, you know, you you are at the airport, you're running late, you want to talk to her and get some information. And then what happens then if she says, "Sorry, I can't help you with that."
0: Yeah. Right. So, mm. it's interesting. What at what point or do you ever you mentioned that you kind of have to go through Alexa to get to another experience. Mm-hmm. Um when you're creating a persona, do you ever kind of either come into conflict with Alexa's persona or do you ever kind of reach a boundary where you can't really get past because of the fact that it's within another platform?
1: Yeah, so uh, Kids Court, um, for example, has... When I first designed it, I said, okay, this is going to live within Alexa. Mm. I don't even know if people that are activating the skill... I don't know if they realize this is a third-party thing and it's different than Alexa. Mm. So... I gave the lead character the name of Judge Lexi to make it a bit similar but to make them know that it's not exactly her right. and yeah. we're using Alexa's voice and the personality is not entirely different but it's like Alexa on a very strict and uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alexa gets like, uh, authoritative Exactly. Yeah.
1: Alexa woke up after, you know, seeing her uh, seeing too many kids fight. Like, uh, <laughs> and did not sleep enough last night.
0: <clears throat> that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty good way of, uh, of saying it, to be fair. Um, it's interesting what you mentioned there. Some people might be interacting with the skill and not really realizing that it's a third party skill. Yeah. And I wonder whether that's where some of the... You know, when sometimes you see reviews and the reviews of the skill are like complaining that it didn't hear them properly. Right. I wonder whether that's what it might be, is that is that people might not be understanding that when you play, interact with a skill, it's bid by a completely third party and they might be thinking that it's all kind of Alexa. Um, does Is that where persona is more important to differentiate one experience from the car Alexa experience, or do you not think it really matters as long as the user is having fun?
1: Um, I think it's a huge differentiator, and but having said that, it's not necessarily always the right choice. Like right. sometimes we want to have like a very neutral persona that fits in with the assistant persona, um, and you don't want to give the users the transition. Like they're used to talk to Alexa, you don't want to make them feel that they are diving into something completely different. Mm and sometimes you might want to give that feeling. So I think it just really depends on what you're trying to create. Like, I think it also depends on like the, is the character leading your game? Are they like, um, you know, like in many games, it's like Alexa's leading the game. Mm. Um, So that could be fun to have like Alexa ask you questions and Mm. participate in a quiz or something. Mm. Um, But things like interactive stories or something, you may want to have something that's more distinct, mm. and I think you know using other voices, using a different personality and different sound, is like a just better way to kind of portray to the user. This is not exactly Alexa. We are an Alexa, but this is something a bit different.
0: Mm. Mm. Interesting. What kind of, um, what advice or, or tips could you give someone who, because a lot of skills out there don't have any real kind of concept of a persona some of them are uh and and might benefit from it and there's a lot more people that are creating stuff now and the quality seems to be getting higher um and so for someone who wants to sort of take their uh their skills and their creations to a kind of next level and incorporate some kind of persona design within it what kind of advice or tips would you give somebody who hasn't done it before
1: Um, So again, I would say the first question to ask is do you need a persona that stands out or do you want to keep something very neutral? Because I'm not at all advocating to say that every skill needs to have like a very flashy persona. Not at all. Um, In a lot of cases, the right way is to keep it very neutral and um, kind of blend in. Um, I would say the... Best tip probably is to listen to other people um, and kind of like, in how
0: other people behave and interact exactly
1: yeah, I think that's right for everything for all the parts of you know doing voice design, but for persona writing, um, I sometimes like get on a bus and I just listen to how people talk, and I think that gives me like a much broader um, possibility to write different sets of characters Mm. because whatever is in my head is very limited. If I go out and I listen to just how many different people talk, you have like just like a bigger variety.
0: Yeah. Sounds very much like sort of like movie writing Mm -hmm. or like TV show writing where lots of writers will use... Characters and people who they've met in the past as the embodiment of the character and all that like have you seen the off You've seen the office yeah, Ricky of Gervais uh, And I remember watching something with with him where he was saying that this his character in the office is His old manager that he used <laughs> to work with and that's why it's so consistent is because he knows the person who he's portraying uh, Do you kind of or have you ever done that? That's something that you do as you look back at characters that you've met to use those as the embodiment of the character that you're creating?
1: Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) I will not tell you who Judge Lexi was based on. (laughs) And now I think everyone who knows me is trying to look for themselves, but no. Um, Yes, it could be people I meet, it could be characters even from other mediums like TV shows or movies, and you could base something off that. Yeah. And again, like, this doesn't have to be visible to users, but it really helps you, like, kind of get their voice right.
0: Mm. Do you give them a name?
1: Within my head, yes, sometimes. Mm. Um, Sometimes not. It just really depends on what. And there's also the question, again, if you tell the users their name. Uh, So... With Freeze Dancers, we just did a massive redesign a couple months ago. It used to be, so Freeze Dancers is a skill where basically we tell kids how to dance and in different ways and ask them, you know, play some music and then they ask like, uh, you're supposed to freeze when the music stops. And it asks you like, okay, who stopped? Who didn't, who moved? And when we first launched it, it was Alexa's voice. Um, giving like all these silly dance moves mm. and I think it was super fun um, and now we what we did is we introduced voice actors
0: and right.
1: different content worlds so there is one guy who's like a pilot taking you to different countries around the world and you have to dance like you're in that country right right that's um, that's good And there is an astronaut who is taking you to space and kind of like you, they have the kids dancing in space and learning some space facts along the way. And I thought since I want these like content packs to sound very different from each other, let's have like different characters leading each one. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was like a lot of thought here, do I name them? And what was really interesting is when, um, We did some user testing, so kids that were already used to the game in the previous version, Mm. we opened the skill and you could just see they're completely confused. Really? And they said, who is this? What happened to Alexa? Wow. Yeah. Um, so we have now like the sort of handoff for uh, returning users that were in the previous version to say, okay. Like Alexa says, okay, hey guys, I want you to meet my new friends. Right. And then they have names and they have like a much more relatable
0: right. um, character. So you give them names because of the fact that people already had given Alexa a name and understood that Alexa is like a, the anthropomorphized that or whatever yeah. in their mind. So you, then you had to kind of do the same so they could relate to the skill essentially.
1: Yeah. And then again, this is like specific to the skill yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think it's for kids and just from like who is this and what happened to alexa was like the sentence that blew my mind (laughs) Um,
0: does casting voice actors how difficult is that if you've got a really kind of fixed image of this persona how hard is it to find or how easy is it i don't know if it's easy or hard how how Mm. what's the process like excuse me what's the process like of trying to find the voice to embody the character that you've created
1: so, I think this really depends on how much of a budget you have, honestly. Right. Um, sometimes you work with what you can get, and mm-hmm. sometimes it would be a lot more resourceful to get you know something that is very much on point with what you want to express. Mm-hmm. Um, so in some cases, I would say, okay, my ideal persona is this and this and this, but I can 't get this person to yeah. do voice acting for me yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see my options and then. We might even adapt the script a bit to the new voice. So it's not like the way I see it, it's not a finished process where you write all the dialogue and then cast someone and then give them the dialogue. Mm -hmm. The dialogue changes once I find the right actor. And sometimes I even, this doesn't work with all voice actors, but sometimes... I would let them kind of improvise and let them say things a bit more in their own words mm. so they, so it sounds more natural. Okay.
0: Well, I, you'd hope that, that a voice actor will be able to understand the character, yeah. understand the vibe that you're, that you're aiming for, and then, you know, be able to then kind of, not run with it, but, yeah, be a little bit freer.
1: So I think that works in non-interactive forms. But in okay. interactive forms, we have a lot of VUI principles that we need to follow in the dialogue, right? True, so, true. Good point. Because I thought, like you, and first time I did a voice recording session, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this actor like very main guidelines and my idea of the script, and I want them to do this in their own words mm. because I had kid actors do this.
0: Oh, okay, that's interesting. And I
1: wanted like I wanted it to really be in their language. It was a skill with multiple kids, and I wanted... I thought, okay, I can write a personality, but they have their own, let's bring that in. Yeah, yeah. And then I got the results, and it just didn't work from a VUI perspective because mm-hmm. you know, there are things like, I don't know, like if you're asking a question, um, there are ways to phrase a question better so that the user can give you an answer, yeah. right?
0: And yeah, that just yeah. didn't
1: work, right? So it's a, it's a thin line.
0: Yeah. yeah. Interesting. What was that? What was that like then? Working with, we were were, was this like an, an online thing where you could go and cast? So you, so were you doing like, did you have to cast or did you kind of go online to find those kind of like the the kids to do the, the voices?
1: And that one, I went online right. and I found the right kids with the right voices. And then there was a lot of back and forth to get it right. Right.
0: Yeah. Okay. So. So you had to kind of, um, how does that actually work if you, if you find an actor online, are you, so do you send in a dialogue, they record it and send it back and then you review it and then go back to them and say, can you change this bit or re-record this bit or whatever? Or is it more collaborative? Do you have like calls and stuff like that? How does it all kind of? Uh,
1: I think it also depends on the platform you get the actors from. Right. Um... I think the ideal process is to have like a kickoff meeting where you go through the script mm. and you would even say, okay, like for this sentence, I want you to sound like you're angry. and this sentence, I want you to sound friendly. Uh, put the emphasis on this word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. but it's real people. It's not text to speech. So it's not, uh, there is, y- you do want them to bring in their own thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just a bunch of back and forth until you get like the right thing.
0: Mm. Interesting. Well, Adva Levin, this has been an absolute pleasure. Where can people check out your skills and also learn a little bit more about, about the stuff that you're doing?
1: Sure, so um, pretzellabs.co is our website. I am very active on Twitter, tweeting all kinds of voice stuff under Pretzel Voice. And uh, thank you for having me.
0: No problem. And also the vast majority of events that I've seen you're pretty much at so if people haven't seen or experienced one of Adva's workshops do get yourself along to the next one when when is things when's the next things coming up for you
1: um not sure i have to look that up <laughs> <Fair enough. Cool. laughs> Well, you
0: it's been a pleasure Cheers.
1: okay thanks kane